Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. This is England is Burning. It is Monday, November 8, 2021. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly Feature. We have back with us today, we have Mark Henry with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club from uh, the UK, from Manchester. And uh, he, we're here to just do a review on Manchester women uh, or Manchester United women, not Manchester women. That's a whole nother podcast. Is that one after dark? Is that a, yeah, that's the show? after dark one. We do that. You know, we do that uh, 9 p.m. USA time, uh, you know, after, way after midnight. That's another whole thing. And I have no idea. I have no clue about Manchester women whatsoever. All right. But we're talking about the Manchester women. Uh, Manchester United. Again, Manchester United ladies on the pitch. Yesterday against Tottenham, a one-one draw, and 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 before we get into this, Mark, welcome, Mark. <laughs> Thank Thank you. Nice to have you back. Yeah, before nice we even here. before we even get started, please smash a like on the video. Please give a five-star review on the podcast if you don't want to see the the light reflecting off Mark's head and my yeah, receding sorry. hairline, uh, and you know another you know ugly-looking uh, jersey that I might be wearing, um, but. You know, smash a like, please subscribe, please share with your friends on your social media. Uh, same thing on the podcast side. We got some interesting things in the work coming up this week. And we'll all talk about that at the end of the program. But we got we can need to talk about this Tottenham match, Mark. Mark, yeah. uh, you know, you, I, I have this thing about draws. I don't like them. Americans don't like draws. You know that. I know that. And I understand it happens in, in football uh, and so forth. But how I look at draws is this, is that when you have a draw like we had yesterday, you have one side that that is probably jumping for joy that they, you know, got that one point and, and so forth. They're happy. And the other side's like, no, nah, we should have won this thing. Um, yeah. I think the United side, again, <clears throat> probably feels like should have won this match, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was, um, I think I can handle losing games. I can handle winning, you know, losing games is part and parcel of football. Um, but yesterday that, that hurt, that, that really hurt. I think, uh, I don't, I don't think, I think Tottenham set up not to get beat. Mm-hmm. And I think United set up to make sure they could get beat, to make sure they beat Tottenham. And once we went one up, the guy, the game kind of just nullified itself out. There was nothing really, nothing really happening. Uh, and it's one of those games where you look at it and you go, "Who's happier with the point, us or them?" And I think you, you know, you summed it up really well. They're happier with the point than we are. Yeah, I, you got to believe so. But this was such an important match, though. And we talked about it last time. We talked about it before the break. We talked about, you know, this was third and fourth place. This was, yeah. you know, Tottenham has done very well this season, playing, having a style play that was very defensive oriented, very much, um, you know, and it's probably not fair to them to say that they play themselves in big games against bigger opponents to play not to lose and to get a point where they can and maybe more with thanks to some referee calls in the Manchester city game that they play, they actually got three points out of that one. And so, you know, Tottenham was a team to be really, really careful about. Even last season, United had some difficulty with them. Also, they got a one nil, um, you know, late in a late uh, goal last season. Um, I think at uh, LSV, if I remember correctly. Um, But um, so there, there was, you know, there should have been some pause there. And But winning the game, getting the three points would have put Manchester United in third place. Yeah. They would have been third place in the league right behind 
uh, you know, Chelsea and Arsenal. We know that how good Chelsea and Arsenal are, but for United to be in third is right where they would want to be at this point in the season. So this was important, um, you know, to to knock off Tottenham, you know, put put the team up in third. Now they sit in fifth. Um, you know, after getting one point in this match. But let's start from the very beginning. I think, Mark, and I think we've talked about it very briefly off air, um, I think that this is one of those occasions, and I know there's a learning curve with Mark Skinner. Um, You know, we got to kind of give him a little bit of slack, I think, on this. But his lineup was wrong in this match, Mark, I think. Yeah, I I would tend to agree. I would have made one change to his starting eleven. That's I think it was that simple. It's just one one tweak, one new one player in, one player out. I, I think and you know, we were talking about this off off before we came on. He's picking players, a lot of them on purely on merit. And I understand that, you know. Tooney, you understand why he's picking her. Yep. Lassie, she's on a scoring run right now, so you understand why he's picking her. The back four picks themselves. It's mm-hmm. everything else in front of the back four and behind Lassie that you sometimes you might question. You understand Leah, she's a superstar. She gets in on merit. But then you've got Katie Zellum yesterday, you had Hayley Ladd yesterday, and you had Kirsty Hansen. Kirsty Hansen, she started off really well. She gets in. So you're looking at the midfield, the, the midfield trio, as, as where you would maybe tinker around. And I just, yesterday... One player might have made the difference that's, that didn't start. And I, I think, for me, it, it was simply that. I don't think we had enough creativity in the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. And so the, going into the lineup, and I, I know that you're in a lineup pool, and, and actually, just a little bit of segue, I, I, I think someone from the Supporters Club posted on Twitter, I think right before the game started, like the standings of, I think yeah. the standings of the lineup thing. I didn't see your name there. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're still in the competition or using no, an alias. No, there's two. So we have a free one that anyone is free to join. Oh yeah, okay. Got and then we have you. A, then we have a private one which you put money in at the end of the year, end of oh, the season. So, so you yeah. got the you got some skin in the game, right? Yeah, we got, got a bit of cash in it. <laughs> yeah, you got to have skin in the game. That's that's the whole point of games. It's, All right, it's so. So the free one, I didn't see your name, I guess, is the one I looked at. But um, so we have, of course, Mary Earps in goal. We have yeah. the, you said yourself, the back four picks themselves. Batil, um, Alfie Manon, and uh, Doris Atier, and then uh, Blundell on the left. And then you got the sort of the midfield tr- uh, three, Zellum. Russo, well, I don't know if Russo is considered in the midfield, but okay. Uh, and then Haley Ladd, and then um, you have Russo, and then right up front, you have Christy Hansen, Elatoon on the right, and on the left, Leah Galton. So how many did you get right, and what switch would you have made to make well, this more creative on the Well, yes, yesterday, quite interestingly, in the paid lineup league, the, the one that we all do, every single one of us, every single, uh, every single one of us drew. It, we all got is either ten all or nine all, um, mm. so I got ten out ten out of the eleven. Uh, I didn't have um, Kirsty Hansen starting yesterday, but when you, in answer to your question, what I would have done to change it, I don't think you needed either Haley Ladd or Katie Zellum. I would have played Vilda Be- Vilda Boarisa. Jackie Grodin's got a hamstring injury. You need someone who's 
who's got creativity and he's a box-to-box player. That's Vilda for me. And I, I want to see a play. I, we need to see a play because otherwise, again, we were talking about this just before we came on. There is now a comparison being made between Vilda not playing and Donny van der Beek for the men's team not playing. And it's a, there is this comparison. What do these players have to do? Yesterday, I think we needed that spark in the middle of the park. And if you play Haley and Katie together, you're never going to get it because Haley is obviously very defensive-minded. And mm-hmm. Katie, I don't know whether she knows what, what her position is, whether mm-hmm. she is a defensive midfielder right now or she's back on attacking. I don't think she knows. So I understand in games sometimes you need to play two DMs, but yesterday wasn't that game. You, mm-hmm. you, you play one of them, you play Vilderboa-Risa, and you have Tooney in front of them running and doing the rest of it. So that's what I would have done differently. And actually, speaking to people on the way home from the game yesterday, but also speaking to people at the game, a lot of them agree. Yesterday wasn't a time to play your two DMs. It was a time to play one of them. And, mm-hmm. and, and you know, if during the game it calls for you to bring on the other DM, then, then do it. But try, right. But, right. But, you know, try something different. And I think yesterday... Yeah, it, it made no sense to me. Um, the, you know, and I think that... Because we've talked about the whole two defensive midfielder thing um, before. Um, I know that I've talked about it before, where where when do you, you need two defensive midfielders versus one defensive midfielder with a back four? Um, and there are several different scenarios in which you would probably need or and want two defensive midfielders. One, if your back line is not solid and you've got a whole bunch of injuries and they're, they are a liability, or you're playing a team like Arsenal, where they're just going to attack you all day or Chelsea where your offensive firepower is not, is not matched. So you could see Tottenham running a two defensive midfielders, right? Uh, Because they're facing a team with higher firepower on the offensive side. When you're not playing a team where, when you're playing a team where your offensive firepower is stronger and they're not, and also more importantly, they're not, they don't have, the strength in the offense to really, really push you, and you've got a decent back line behind you, why do you play two defensive midfielders? Uh, unless the game ends up later, as you just mentioned, calling for it. So why, um, you know, why not have, you know, a um, only one DM, you have a box-to-box, then you have, you know, more of a regista or you know, an advanced playmaker. Well, of course, we don't, you know, and, and I think your point about Katie Zellum is right on. I'm not sure she knows exactly what position to play in. Um, and I don't know if that's just the, the way the tactic is set up and she's getting used to it or or she's just struggling uh, in that. It could probably is a combination of both. But, but Borisa, uh, uh in the WSL has played exactly 94 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. 94 minutes. She started one match. And has been in two. Um, nine, 94 minutes. Now, this is someone who uh, played in, in Sweden, uh, played 946 minutes, played 10 and a half out of 15 games, started 12 out of 15 with the side that she was at before coming to United. But the year before, she played 1,864 minutes. And then uh, in Norway, um, in 2018, she played 1,678 minutes. Uh 
for the side that she played for in Norway, and she's playing 94 minutes. I mean, and there was so much talk about her over the offseason as a really quality, strong addition to the squad, and she's played 94 minutes. What do you think? What's going on? Why do you think she's not getting any playing time? The honest, my honest answer is I haven't got a clue. I really yeah, don't know. I mean, that's the thing. I, underst- I, I, I understand there's people who, you know, we, we would, you know, I just said get into that team on merit. Lessie's scoring run, Tooney, goals and assists, the back foot. Jackie Gronin is currently out. She's got a hamstring injury. She could be out for a month. She could be out for two weeks, three weeks, whatever it could be. She could be out for. Jackie Gronin is by far probably our most creative one of our most creative players. Mm-hmm. So you lose her. Who do you bring in? Well, you've got a ready-made replacement in Vilda Boarisa. Now, the question, the, 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 there is a question, could both of them play together? Well, we're not going to find out for a while because, as I said, Jackie's injured. Mm-hmm. Vilda Boarisa has come with this reputation. But there's also, an, you know, she's played well in pre-season. She played, in my opinion, well against Reading. She played well against Durham in a in a in a very difficult game that we've talked about. Yep. So I don't know what has to happen. I I, I I don't I don't know. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that you know on Sunday he starts her against Everton because it's a different game, different mm-hmm. different everything else. And maybe yesterday he thought it was probably best not to start her. But She's she's doing it in tra- you know as far as I know she's in, she's in tra- does it in training she's doing everything right. It's whether you know does she fit into his system or not? I don't know. I can't see why not. Mm-hmm. So the honest answer is I just I don't know. I don't know what has to happen for it to happen. You know, for it to happen. There there are questions though. Yesterday that were coming out about his man management that he's mm-hmm. not playing the right way. I don't necessarily agree with everything that was said yesterday, but mm-hmm. I can see some merit in what people were saying. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, I think, you know, and I've never criticised a manager on here. I think yesterday, his one mistake was not playing Vilda. And I'm not saying that as a as a fanboy. I'm saying mm-hmm. that as mm-hmm. someone who has been to every game so far this season. And you're looking at, you know, you understand Jackie Gronin walking into the team. You understand that. Mm-hmm. But when Jackie's not there, you need someone like that. I mean, if Vilda wasn't fit yesterday, like you know, I'd even understand starting Lucy Stan instead of a Haley or a Katie. Mm-hmm. But it just makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, and you know, the 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 comparisons to uh, Van de Beek on the men's side is really alarming, which then leads me to the the the, the theory. One of the theory fan theories on the men's side with Van de Beek is, and I, I'll get off of this in in a second, but uh, is that this was not a Ali Gunnar Solskjaer signing. This was something that you know was sort of like the 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 board did. They they made this deal, got him in. Ali didn't really want him in the first place. It wasn't his signing, quote unquote, um, and so forth. And again, and one of the things that you mentioned, Martin, you know, when we talked about, you know, um, the, the new signings when we started the season, we said these are the signings that were already in play, uh, you know, from, you know, Casey Stoney uh, before she left. These are her signings that she, you know, had in place and they just carried him forward. So with that being said, um, uh, hold on a sec. Uh, 
Hold on one second here. All right, hold on here. I'm having a little bit of technical issue, y'all. Hold on. Um, all right, I think we're we're set here uh, with that. So I got a little bit of technical issue. Sorry, y'all. Um, all right, cool. All right, uh, getting back to it. Sorry about that, y'all. <laughs> yeah, just erase that from your memory. All right. Um, so, so this is this this. Do you think maybe this is the same uh, scenario going forward? Possibly. I don't yeah. know. Is the honest answer. You know, we, I, we said at the very beginning of the season, Mark's got an out because of all the signings that he's been brought in. They're all cases. Right. Possibly, I can see it's something that Casey's done, but she's a class player. Why not play class players? They're only going to improve you. They're not going to take you down. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I don't understand it. I think a lot of the fans are bemused by the fact she's not playing. Um, and yesterday she was nowhere near close coming on, even as a sub. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, I think that's probably the biggest alarm for a lot of people is that yesterday she was nowhere near it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in the other part of the lineup, which I was, um, which is understandable, but also a struggle that I think every manager has is when you have a situation where you have a player that is coming back from injury, does very well, and now it's like, okay, now what do you do? Because you still have to play them because they're doing really well. So you have the situation with, uh, you know, with Alyssa Russo, where she's now in the lineup, she's coming back from injury, she's doing very, very well. The setup had been primarily had been before had been, you know, Ella Toon playing in a sort of a false nine position, which in most situations had done very, fairly well, though we can debate all day long about whether or not you have a false nine. There, there was sort of the, there's also kind of that shift there where you have Kirsty Hansen up front, Ella Toon kind of more in a, a, her normal kind of raw slot. But again, it was kind of tink. I felt like they were there was some tinkering from something that actually was still working. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just sort of thinking out loud with that and just like looking at this lineup again and looking how the, this team played What in terms of because the real struggle was was finishing, was creating opportunities and finishing those opportunities all game long. That was the problem. Yeah. You know, Lassie is, for me, an out-and-out goal scorer. She's proven yeah. that in the last three games. She scored three and three, I think it is. Mm-hmm. Tooney is, and, you know, we've talked about it all the time on here. I don't think any play, any manager actually knows where her best position is. Is she a false number nine? Is she a number 10? Is she a midfielder? Or can she play on the right? And Tooney is... And, and I think what Mark's trying to do is trying to put Tooney into, a, into his team somewhere where she can be effective. But I don't think any of us know really where her most effective place is. She can right. she can go out wide and she can deliver a, a, a decent ball in from the wing. She can spot a pass in the middle of the park uh, as a number ten. She can do the assist, which is you know what she's doing. And as the false number nine, 
she's scoring goals. So I, I think Tooney is one of those players like you've got to put in, but you put her into a team to put her around, put her into a system instead of playing her for, you know, because she can beat this player. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, the honest answer with Tooney is, is that she plays each and every week. She does something each and every week. It's just mm-hmm. whether her playing each and every week is helping other players or not helping other players. Mm-hmm. So in the last year, um, when you compare Elisa Russo with other forwards in the league, she's in the 95th percentile in non-penalty goals per 90 minutes. She's in the 80th percentile of shots per 90 minutes. She's in the 93rd percentile of shot creating actions for 90 minutes. Uh, she is in the 91st percentile of progress- progressive carries per 90 minutes. 95th percentile of progressive passes received in per 90 minutes. So she is, the stats back her up, you know, yeah. incredibly. I, um, I, I, and I think there's one other stat in there, Keith, that a lot of people won't pay any attention to, but it's actually quite an important stat. She's a Manchester United fan. Her whole family are Reds. And actually, playing for your boyhood, girlhood club is a massive boost. It and is. actually, it is. It, it's one of the things where, you know, you look at her and you go, she's a Manchester United girl. She understands the Manchester United way of playing. And actually, the team have a splattering of Manchester United fans. You know, mm-hmm. Alessi Russo's one, Jackie Groenen's mm-hmm. one, Vildebar Reese's one. Katie Zellum is Manchester-born and bred. Mm-hmm. She, they all understand the Manchester United way of playing. And actually, when you have players in a team who who support that team, sometimes, just sometimes, they try that little bit harder. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, shows, definitely. And definitely. And, and Alessia Russo, what I love about her is the fact that sometimes she can be a flat-track bully on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And actually, we saw a little bit of that yesterday. Yeah. And actually, if we you look at some of the other center forwards we've had, mm-hmm. you know, Jess, Jess has won. Yep. Jess would use her strength to get, mm-hmm. you know, but Jane Ross never did that. I, I, right. I've not seen enough yet of, of Martha Thomas to do that. But a center forward who can tackle and get stuck in is actually really important in, I think, today's game because the yep. old-fashioned center forward Mm-hmm. He's dying out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you know, as long as you can keep something like a Lessie, and I know, I know we no longer have Jess, but someone who will use their strength to bully their way past defenders, it's important in today's game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it is because I mean, you know, we have we're in we're still in the age of playing out from the back. We are in the still in the age of pressing forwards. Um, and so your traditional center forward is, you know, is, you know, something out of the old school, as they say, uh, we're, we're living in the age of, you know, working with false nines and, and, you know, but, you know, higher lines of engagement and, and high lines of defense and so forth, where your forward, quote unquote, forward has to be a complete forward. Um, and actually she fits that mold of a complete forward in today's game, um, and so forth. And there, there is you, there, it is 
something incredibly intangible about having a player that is a fan playing for the team that they love and have loved as a fan for their entire life. You know, um, there is an added edge to that, um, that is, that can never be quantified exactly, but it's there. Um, and and you see it in her play pretty much every time she steps down on the pitch. Yeah. And I I see it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And she's come, she's come so highly recommended from the American college mm-hmm. game from, from yep. I think she was North Carolina North, North Carolina who yep. brought that so you know Tobin was there and right. they've got a really good caliber and you know she's as long as she stays fit she'll score goals mm-hmm. but she's also much more than a goal scorer she she doesn't you know most center forwards the old style center forwards you know so you know like a, a Didier Drogba or a, mm-hmm. a Lewandowski or a, a you know, at the very early of his career, maybe as Latan, there or an Alan Shearer, their work was done within the eighteen yard box. Lessie can work in that eighteen yard box and further forward, but she can also work, you know, outside of the box. Mm-hmm. And actually she's developing from on that side of thing and her game is only gonna get better with the with with more game time. As long as and like I said, as long as she stays injury free, mm-hmm. we'll be all, she'll be all right. She'll score us a ton of goals. Right. And she started, I mean, she scored a ton of goals in North Carolina. She, I mean, she smashed records for goal scoring in, you know, in, in North Carolina. And for those of you who don't know, probably a lot of you know who are women's soccer fans in the U.S. know about the UNC program, which is essentially a factory of, and I'm saying that in a very nice way, it is a factory of players uh, that come through. Uh, there are a lot of other um, schools um, in the states that, you know, are really good schools for women's soccer, football, uh, and so forth. North Carolina is at the top of the, you know, top of the heap in that regard. Uh, so anyone coming from that program uh, or playing in that program, you know, is strong international level, national high level candidate uh, player. So, and Alyssa Russo fits that bill. Um, I mean, and that was, you know, I wanted to talk about her, you know, her, the one goal that she got, you know, um, and that was sort of, that was the example, you know, of physically, putting herself in position to get the ball, physically putting herself in position to take a shot and just an absolute rocket from her foot. Yeah. No, no goalie in the world, no goal goalkeeper in the world was going to get that shot. It was right up into the corner, you know, right up into the upper part of the net. You know, no one's getting that. Yeah. And, and from that range, it's like yeah. impossible. The the run she made in the build up to the goal, the whole, the whole thing was, was, was really well, executed and I think you could have had like you know you could have had three goalkeepers there and I still don't think any one of them would have saved it right Um, she she was she deserved that goal her work rate yesterday was was top draw she could have scored in the last minute of injury time in the second half um and if it wasn't for their goalkeeper making a, a, a really good save but what's impressed me since she's come back from injury and I think Mark Mark's gonna, and you know, there's a lot of people out there in social media who, who will rag on him, tell him he's doing the wrong thing. I think the way he's managed her back into the starting eleven, you know, giving her uh, the first game against Reading and Leicester a bit part starting roles, uh, not starting substitute appearances. He then starts her against Birmingham and he gives her 70 minutes, and he builds, a, he's building her up slowly, and actually 
I think Mark deserves a lot of credit for that because most managers, if you've come back from injury, most managers will just go, right, you're in the starting 11. And he's managing her way through getting her back up to full fitness. And mm-hmm. I think I don't personally think she's fully fit yet. I think there's still a little bit more to come fitness-wise. Mm-hmm. But the minute she's fully fit, I, I, I think the rest of the, the, the league and the defenders will start to have to look out for her. Yeah, and, and when that happens, you know, I mean, we've seen in on the other top squads in the league where they have not just one, you know, goal-scoring threat, you know, on the front line. They have two, in some cases, three. Uh, and yeah. you have that if you have, when you have Russo and Ella Toon in, in the lineup together, um, you know, if they're both fit, they're both playing, you know, on form, uh, then you have something to contend with. And then you have the situation where you have someone like Ona who can come up from the, you know, back line mm-hmm. and create some havoc also, you know, makes, you know, United very dangerous, which then when you think about this match, though, we're going back to this particular match. This is what was so frustrating because, you know, um, there was so much firepower you know, on the pitch for United and they just really struggled to create opportunities. And when they did have opportunities, they, they obviously could not convert them. Was this in your opinion, more of how Tottenham set up not to lose and to be very resolute and solid, which we've seen them do over and over the season. Uh, Or was there just, it, it just something missing on the United side? I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. Tottenham Tottenham definitely set up not to lose. Mm-hmm. They definitely did. Um, mm-hmm. And you can't look around beyond that. But I also think United wasted too many chances yesterday when mm-hmm. they got into a, into a yeah. decent position. But I also think, and it's going back to what we talked about at the very top of, uh, top of this, the, the team was too... Def- our United, from my point of view, I think yesterday was... Was too defensive. Too defensive. Yeah. You've got, you're playing six defenders out of 11 players, and that's not including your goalkeeper. So you're really playing seven, seven defenders out of 11. Which I don't, I mean, I'll never understand. I will never understand playing too defensive against Tottenham. Yeah. I won't understand. It's not, I mean, it's not like you're, you're facing. I mean, no, no disrespect to Tottenham. Tottenham plays, they have the talent that they have. They have, they play a certain way. They've played the same type of game, every game uh, for the most part. You look at the, you look at their numbers and it's like, they don't score a lot of goals and they don't give up a lot of goals. Yeah. And, you know, and, you, 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 the, you know, we said it before, there's a time and a place to play your two defensive midfielders, a Chelsea and Arsenal currently, mm-hmm. maybe even a City. If they're playing on form, there's a time yep. to go, right, we're going to play back four, two DMs, everyone else gets forward. Yesterday isn't that time. We've got a really, we, well, up in, you know, every time we've played Tottenham, so we've played them twice in the championship, when we've played them, I think, five times mm-hmm. in the WSL. With the exception of yesterday, we've beaten them every single every time. Mm-hmm. Every single time. Yep. And you're asking yourself, you can play one way under Casey and it can work, but you can't play the same way with Mark. And he's trying to, I, I think with Mark, it boils down to two things. I think one, he doesn't know his best 11 yet. 
Mm-hmm. And, yep. or, he doesn't know his best starting eleven. And I yeah. think there's a huge difference because, you know, if Millie Turner's fit, no no disrespect, if Millie Turner's fit to, to Maria, Millie Turner starts. And that's not a, a horrible thing because Maria's been brilliant for us so far. But mm-hmm. Millie Turner is, in many people's opinion, a better defender than Maria. Although mm-hmm. yesterday you would have been hard pushed to, to make that argument. Right. So, but Millie gets back into that 11 when she's fit. There's no question about that. Maybe Mark will have to manage her back in in the same way he's done with, with Lessie. Mm-hmm. But I also think you can set up differently. You don't need to. And I, I, I think this goes to the men's side of the game and also to the women. Right now, it's very popular to play your 4 2 3 1 formation. It's great. But mm-hmm. for United, for, for my opinion, for the men's side, that doesn't work. And mm-hmm. it doesn't work for the women's side either. Because you don't need to, you don't need to, we've got so much attacking flair in both teams. You don't need to, you know, you don't need to defend as much. And yesterday, mm-hmm. Tottenham, they set up to not get beat, but they draw, they put everyone behind the ball. Yep. And because we were playing with a four and two DMs, no one was really getting forward. Mm-hmm. So the game, the game kind of flatlined after a certain while because they were both trying to do the same things but doing it for different reasons. You know, it um, it was interesting that you know it, it to me as I was watching it, it was sort of flatlined a little bit from the start. But then you know Russo got that goal and it energized things going right into the half. And then then there was a little bit more you know a little bit more push forward I think from United in the start of the second half. But but you're right, it just you know it just really didn't amount to anything you know of substance yeah. uh, and so forth. Which leads me to then the the defensive lapses. Um, so. Uh, before getting to the set piece from Oblivion, um, you know, scenario, which I thought was a complete tire fire. Um, entire fires are bad, by the way. Um, th- there had been to me some just moments, and this has happened with them before, moments of where the team's defense just shuts off and creates a, a, not necessarily what you would formally call an error, um, you know, sometimes, but a situation where it becomes dangerous, um, you know, and, and, he, and putting the, the other team's offense in a position to, you know, get a decent shot. And there was one moment, and I don't remember who exactly was involved. You probably remember it more clearly than I do. But there was one moment in the second half, which, you know, a United player had the ball and lost the ball, and immediately the Tottenham player took a shot right afterwards. And Marriott had to jump high in the air just to be able to clip it over the bar uh, before it actually possibly could have gone in. And I just saw that I was like, "This is what happens when you're not playing. You're not completely 100% playing attention to what's going on." Um, did you re- do you remember that moment when that yeah. happened? And, and what yeah. what were your thoughts of that? Um, uh, well, I can't use the same language I used yesterday that I'm <laughs> going to use now. I can't do that. My my annoyance with what happened yesterday about around that time was players started to turn the backs on t- tackles. So instead of getting in for a tackle, they turned the back so they wouldn't make the tackle. And that's what happened on the lead up to this shot 
two players both turn their backs on the ball. And that for me is unforgivable. I'm, I'm you know, mm-hmm. a football player, you get hit by a football, you get on with it. it, it yep. It's part of the, unfortunately, it's part of the job. You get hit by a ball. Yesterday, mm-hmm. too many times, United players turn their backs instead of getting hit by a ball. And it, you know, it gave that, it gave Tottenham confidence. And so Tottenham got the ball and a Tottenham player, she made a great shot and, and Mary, she made a great save. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, in, the person I was stood next to yesterday said, well, that's the United, both United uh, Players of the Year's trophy sorted out. David De Gea and Mary Earps. Hey, Mary Earps. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I mean, as, as great as De Gea is and as great as Mary Herbst is, I'm not sure you really want your goalkeeper to be the player yeah. of the year uh, for the for the team, which means because if they are, that means they've had too much work to yeah. do. Um, so, um, yeah, and, and that that worries me. That worried me so much. I was like, and y'all are not paying attention. You're not you're not going through the you're, you're not doing everything you need to do on defense. I, I, I also think there was a little bit of complacency at one nil up going yes. into the last. 10 minutes uh, yeah. or Hate so. To say it, but yes, that's true. United thought, job done. Right, let's just see it out. And actually, you can't do that. And I'm not saying every player thought that. Marks, I think I, I was, I understand him bringing on, you know, Martha Thomas yesterday, giving her a bit of a room back after injury. I understood that. Um, <laughs> taking off Kirsty Hansen was a weird one because I thought mm-hmm. she was all right. When you look at yesterday's game, and it's something that we talk about almost every week, is we've got when you play Kirsty Hansen and, and Leah Galton, you've got two natural wingers. And mm-hmm. yesterday, for the fifth game, maybe fifth game, they kept coming inside instead of going out wide. Mm-hmm. And actually, they had bags of space on on the outside. And we've been saying this now for a, for a few weeks. If you've got space and width. Use it. Don't keep coming yeah. inside. And yesterday, both of them kept coming inside. And actually, right. when we took off Kirsty Hansen, that became more, you saw it more paramount, right. just how much width there was and, and us not using it. Yeah. And in this, you know, this was part of the, the, the Chelsea mess because yeah. Chelsea is, we, everyone knows that Chelsea is, you know, weak on the, you know, weak in space on the defense and weak when you take them wide. Uh, you've seen a lot of teams go at them that way successfully or not. Um, but United decided to go straight up the middle, which is not a good plan against pretty much, you know, not definitely not a good plan against Chelsea because that's not their weak point. Tottenham, you saw a moment where it was their weak point too, but they didn't do it. Um, so I was, you know, legitimately confused. But for the sake of time, I, yeah. I want to go to I want to go to that set piece because set piece is weird. It's ugly head again. This was an issue last season, giving mm-hmm. up bad goals on poor set pieces. But I'm going to be honest, Mark. I've seen that thing seven times, and I was trying to find somewhere where a United player did something, but they did nothing. The yeah. ball did, hit no one. Mm-hmm. I, and I, that's why I watched it seven times. It's like, it kind of hit somebody, but no, it hit no one. It literally hit the ground. Mm-hmm. It yeah. bounced into the net mm-hmm. at the death. Yeah. 
that's I can't, I, deplorably bad. <laughs> I mean, that's deplorable. It, 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 yeah. I, you know, what through a spanner in the works of that set piece, and you know, I'm not saying it was it was it was it wasn't defended at all. It was awful. Their goalkeeper coming up from the back. You saw the players going, who's marking her? What where are we going? And I'm not saying it's it's all of that, but United, we can't defend. We can't even on attacking set pieces, we can't do it right. So you have to look at our set pieces from defensive to attacking. They're just the poor. Yesterday we had two free kicks in decent areas in the second half. Katie Zellum took them both. One she hit the wall, mm-hmm. and the other one was a handball. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, you know, you practice these things day in, day yeah, out. Right. Yep. This is it's basic football. It's you know, the you know, defenders know how to defend, attackers know how to attack. Attackers know how to, you know, when you're defending a set piece, you all know what you're doing. Just one of you say, mine, take it, clear it, done. It's end, you know, I know I make it sound simple, but actually, football is a really simple game. It's not it's not quantum physics. You know what you're doing, you've all got a job to do. Do it. Right. And you know, I I I mean, yes, I know that, you know, um Corbella go, you know, the goalkeeper for Tottenham comes up to the, you know, goes into the box. But the thing of it is, this happens all the time. You see this happen yeah. all the time. And so for people to act confused and not under- know what their do- job is suddenly, because the goalkeeper suddenly pops up in the box for a set piece at the death, is ridiculous. And so, and for, and for people to be literally standing around, yeah. they were literally standing like they, like they were frozen in place. This is not green light red light from squid games that they were playing where they just stood still. I mean, the ball goes over everyone. Rhea Percival ends up being the player of the match for Tottenham because she saved, essentially saved a goal on the other end way earlier in the game that should actually should have probably gone in, but she was there to essentially save it when uh, Corpella saved that shot uh, earlier in the match and it, you know, bounced um, into a good position, but you know, like no, and it was like that had to be the ultimate gut punch. You're at the death, winning one nil. You're about to get three points, and the defenders are just standing there and looking around, like, "What's happening?" And yeah. that, I don't know what to say to that. Um, I, think, you know. I think there was a lot of confusion. I think there was a lot of confusion in the in box. I also think, you know, as I said it before, they were going in. You know, they're coming up, getting into injury time. In, you know. Into injury time, I thought three points, job done. Turn, you know, game turn off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, and that's got to be worked on. But this, see, this was a problem last season too, and and you know, but this was like the worst example of it in my opinion. I've seen a lot of bad set yeah. piece defending by by this team before, but that was by far the worst because at least before people were actually moving around and trying to get something yeah. on the ball. Uh, <laughs> At set pieces yesterday, I think we were just that little bit too static. I think we were mm-hmm. static at both the defending and the and defending set pieces and also the attacking set pieces. But in saying that, I thought Mary Earps was was by far player of the match for us because she yeah. was calling I mean, to make some, yeah, she she some great saves. But you'd be, you know, on, and 
I think yesterday, the the one thing that you know we usually talk about is either Hannah Blundell or Honor. And yesterday, neither of them were really in the game because of right. the way Tottenham nullified us. Right. And I think that's the <clears throat> you've got to give Tottenham credit for that. You really do. But you have to look at United yesterday and go bad day at the office. Yeah, uh, and and that's what happens. But you know, as it stands, you know. You know, uh, say what you will, but as it stands, Tottenham's in third place now. Yeah, absolutely. Brighton jumped United, in, you know, also, and now they're yeah. in fourth. Yeah. Um, so briefly, um, since we're on, you know, definitely hitting the clock here and so forth. So next weekend, is there is there a cut match in between? No, it's uh, no, top, okay. it's Everton. Next Everton next week. So Everton, you know, we we know that they changed their managers. Uh, you know, uh, Willie Kirk won the sack race with Garrett Taylor um, yeah. to get himself sacked. Um, you know, and it's been deplorable. Um, you know, especially given the amount of talent Everton has brought in. Um, you know, and so forth. That was someone who looked like they were completely over their head. But things really haven't changed all that much in terms of the results. Um, you know, Brighton, uh, not Brighton, Everton over the week, weekend uh, lost to, Brighton, to that Brighton squad I was telling you about 1-0. Uh, Everton had 57% of the ball. Their XG was 0.9 compared to 0.5. That was a really, a really awful game to watch from, the, from it. But Brighton gets away with a win, which that allowed Brighton to jump up to fourth. Um, what do you expect out of Everton? Um, I'm hopeful he's going to tinker with his starting 11. That's the first thing I'm hoping. And other than that, three points. Mm-hmm. It, it's very simple. I, 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 I want him to play a more attacking way of football than he, what we saw yesterday. And other than that, as long as we win, uh, I'll be happy. All right. Um, you know, I don't know what to expect from Everton uh, at this point. Uh, it is a lot of chopping and changing going on in terms of lineups yeah. and so forth. Uh, you know, and unfortunately, you have this um, uh, Jean-Luc Vasseur, you know, in place. Um, you know, um, and he has a he has a pedigree, but some people are are kind of like mm, about that. Um, you know, and you know, it's kind of hard when you have that you know, have a new manager coming in place and so forth. But again, it's like four games in the league that Everton have played where they haven't even scored. Um, and, you know, so on offense there at this point, they're not looking good at all. Um, you know, and, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I, they may get a, a stronger performance, you know, next weekend. Uh, they're yeah. playing at home. Um, so that could be, you know, challenging. Um, I just worry that at some point Everton is going to begin to turn things around a little bit. Um, they have too much talent not to. Um, so I don't know if next weekend will be the day that they do. Sure. I got a feeling it'll probably be against Leicester the following week. Um, you know, because everyone seems to get better against Leicester. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, they, they got, they look like they were, you know, Champions League uh, winners after that game. Um, you know, Lester, Lester made that makes everybody seem to look good. I'm sorry, Lester. I'm sorry, folks. I'm really sorry. I, I jinxed y'all. That's what I did. I jinxed Everton. I jinxed Lester City. Um, so, you know, look, and then look where they are now. Um, so, um, so I don't know what to expect out of Everton, but I, I expect, you know, um, you know, they're, they have been at times pretty fairly reasonably solid on defense um but you know 
and, and maybe that will come through. But I do expect United to win. Uh, but yeah. uh, Mark's really, at some point, though, we're deeper enough into the season for Mark to kind of know what his best 11 is. Yeah, and it goes back to the point I made. There's a time to play. You know, we've said it throughout this the show. Two def- it- the two defensive midfielders, yeah. yeah. Sunday is definitely not that time. Everton are struggling for for confidence. So if you're playing a team lacking of confidence, you attack them. So for me, I would play Vilda. I would play uh, Alessia. I'd play Tooney. I'd play Kirsty. I'd play Leah. I would play every attacking option I can do mm-hmm. to to go against an Everton team that is, you know, lacking in confidence. Yeah, yeah. You know where I do the two defensive midfielders Arsenal. the following Sunday against Arsenal. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> no, I... You know, we've played. I think is it six league games, and Arsenal have already scored fifty league goals, uh, fifty yeah. goals this season. That's you know that's a scary amount, right? You know, United are nowhere near that. So yes, as you rightly said throughout the show, Chelsea, City, Arsenal, you have no option. You have no. It's right to play your two DMs, but against most of the other teams, I I wouldn't personally. Yeah, I mean, you know, Arsenal. Um, yeah, how many how many goals they got Arsenal during in the league so far? Let's see. Uh, so here, here, here's the, their goal count. <laughs> you know, just counting all of their matches: four, three, 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 four, four, five, four, one. That was against Barcelona. Three, four, and four. Yeah. And then also, you know, if you take Barcelona out; they've only given up three goals this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, and two of them were against Chelsea. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this is where you need to go in and say, you know what, we need two defensive midfielders, or are we going to get rolled by, you know, yeah. by the triad of uh, of Miedema and Beth Mead and, um, you know, and Nikita Paris and and you know maybe Tobin Heath having to play against United. That's yeah. going to be kind of scary. We'll talk about that next week. But um, yeah, it, it, but Everton is a whole nother matter. Everton, you just yeah. go out. You should just go out and do what every other team has good team has done against Everton, which go out, attack them, get two or three goals and, you know, see the game out. Um, don't play around with being defensive because you have too much firepower yeah. over them at this point to not oh. be um, and so forth. So let's hope that Mark learns a little bit of a lesson, not you, Mark, but the other Mark yeah. learns a little bit of a lesson, uh, you know, from this match and say, you know what, I need to be a little bit more creative there but um but there's a part of me there's that little part of me that if um borisa is the van de beek of the women's side that i'm i'm a, i'm scared because she may not we may not see her um uh, when we probably should see her yeah and, we should see her on sunday yeah and and that's the the point that you know you've lost jackie yeah. you start you, you can you know you've got lucy stan you've got and you've got vilda You've got two quality midfielders in there who can take Jackie's place. Vilda took it at the very first game of the season, and she's not had a look in since. So, right. for me, you start. For me, I start. I would like to start her, but I, I, I don't see it. Honestly, I think he's got his favourites. Yeah, like, and 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 I understand. Every manager does. Every manager yeah. does. Um, 
you know, but you, you got to be careful about that because you end up in, a, in, in your own version of an echo chamber at that point where you just yeah. sort of, you know, um, I know. And I'm, I'm like, also, I got to believe them. I mean, Mark uses his assistants much better than Casey Stoney did in terms of getting advice from them, getting some information from them and so forth. I, I got to have somebody whispering in the dude's ear saying, hey, you know what? You know, we got some options here. Yeah. Um, you got to hope for that. But I, I'm a little bit concerned. And so that leaves me with a little bit of a worry. United should beat Everton. There's no, there's no doubt in my mind about this. Um, you know, but it, it, you know, I'm a, there's a little tinge of, of worry there uh, on that front as far as who's starting, and then secondly, when is Everton going to turn around? Because I think they will but, at some point. But I've jinxed them before. But. Yeah, but the, the one thing about Sunday, you know, we play. So we played yesterday. We've got a week yeah. off. We right. play Sunday Everton, Wednesday right. City, Sunday Arsenal. We've got three yeah. massive games in a week. And actually, uh, you've got to go... Three points are Everton, minimum. City is yeah. the Conti Cup game. So, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there because I don't even know the FA know what's going to happen yet in the Conti Cup. Arsenal, the most important thing about Arsenal, for me, is making sure we don't get beat. We don't yeah. let what happened against the Chelsea happen. But like you said, we'll talk about that next right. week. But. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between getting pounded six to one and you know fighting it out and losing three to one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so forth. So there's a big difference there in just in in uh, effort, mentality, and everything else. But we'll cross that bridge when we get there. But yeah, it's a tough road ahead, which also suggests the possibility of like you know knowing there's a midweek match against City, knowing there's a weekend against Arsenal that you know again, who's going to start. So I'm sure you'll figure it out, Mark, because you're the you're one of the one of the kings uh at this. So uh we'll figure it out. So we gotta wrap things up. We're up against the clock here, Mark. Thank you for joining us again. Brilliant takes as always. Uh everyone smash that like please subscribe, please share on social media. Um we are we've got Chelsea coming up also today, also later on tonight. Uh dark here in the United States. No, we're not talking about uh, you know, the bar scene or anything like that. We got Kate coming out uh, talking about Manchester City and them rolling over uh, a Leicester City squad um, and so forth. Does that give Garrett Taylor another pass um, because he they destroyed another Leicester side again? Um, so that's later on. And then we'll have Josh on to talk about Arsenal women uh, next, um, you know, not next week, but tomorrow. So take care, everybody. We will see you later. This is England is Burning. We are out for this Monday morning. We'll talk to you later.